<coughs> almost all of the first kinnis that we said, almost all of the first kinnis that we said this morning, start with the word Eicha. And Eicha is the word of Tisha The Chazal tell us three people use the word of Eicha. Moshe Rabbeinu, Yishayahu, Yirmiyahu. Moshe Rabbeinu and Yishayahu, we read their Eicha yesterday morning in Shul. Yirmiyahu's Eicha, we read it last night. And as we go through the Kinos, we go through Eicha. Eicha, Eicha. How could it be? How could it be? We're so far along now, we don't even remember what it's supposed to be. We don't even remember. Do you know there was a time when the world was a different place? We take it for granted that people get sick and die. We take it for granted that people are going to blow up on buses. We take it for granted. That's the world we live in. We take it for granted that people can't put food on their table. We take it for granted for all the disabilities and all the handicaps. It's, it's, it's what the world is supposed to be. There was a time it wasn't like that. We take it for granted that people don't care. It used to be a time when uh, certain so, so Altaid ones he was talking to a young man. And he said, it was a big, hello, you know. And the, 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 the young guy is looking at him. Do I know you? Where are you from? And he sighed and he said, oh, I forgot. You're from a different generation. There was a time that a Jew was happy just to meet another Jew. Now I don't care. I don't care. There was a time when we used to have a, a lave basar, as the Navi says. Not a lave Evan. There was a time when the world was what it was supposed to be. There was a base of Mikdash. The Medrash says when you go around there, it's you see all those rocks? They used to be flowers. It was a different world. Josephus writes, the Jews were the most beautiful people on the face of the earth. People would travel to Yerushalayim it was the most beautiful city in the world. They would look at the base of Mikdash. Anyone who didn't see Yerushalayim never saw a beautiful city. Anyone who didn't see the base of Mikdash never saw a beautiful, never saw a beautiful building. You don't know what it was. They lived in a different world. We assume the winters will be too hot and the, uh, that the winters will be too cold and the summers will be too hot and, and floods and tornadoes and and, and hurricanes. Uh, this is this is how we live. Earthquake. That's what the world is. And so how could it be? And so there are different kinnas that capture different feelings. That's, that's my opinion. You read, read a kinna and you sense rage. This absolute unbridled anger. Some of them are just sad. I'm just sad. The kinna of the son and daughter of the Kohen Gadol embracing each other and crying to death. Sad. 
The story of the young men and women who threw themselves to their death rather than to become defiled is sad, maybe even inspiring on some level. But I feel that the kinna that we're about to say is a kinna that is just filled with horror. It's, 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 it's a kinna of horror. Kinna Yud Zion. If women can eat their own children. If you find gallons of babies' brains smashed on a rock. Uh, you, you can read the kinna. And it's just one horrible thing after another. I, I think it's the kinna that's probably most appropriate for our time. Because that's what Tishabav is. We try to say the most horrible stories. To bring together the most horrible things. To fill us with such a sense of finally something making a little chink in our hard heart. That we'll stop and think, oi, oi, oi. That's the chorus of this kinna. Alalaili, oi. Nebuch, Nebuch, what a terrible story. We work hard, we work hard to find something that's still going to horrify us today. Death has become so ordinary. Suffering is something that we live with every day. It's going to really shock us. It's going to have to be something really horrible. It's going to be a really horrible story. How could it be? I'll tell you why this kinna is strange. Because in uh, in a day of questions, and that's what Tishbev is, it's just a day of questions. How could it be? How could it be? This kinna gives an answer. And after we list horror after horror after horror, it says... Varuach HaKodesh Lemulah Mayim And HaKosh Baruch Hu answers us After a whole day of how How could it be? HaKosh Baruch Hu says Hoi al koshchene aroyim Take a look at all the bad people What happened to you? You, you cry out in public But what you do, you don't talk about the fact that women eat their own children, horror that you've gone through, you speak about. But that you killed a Navi and a Kohen in the base of Mikdash on Yom Kippur that came out on Shabbos, that I don't hear you talking about. There's an answer. There's an answer to all the horror. There's an answer to all the suffering. There's an answer to everything we've gone through. And that is, but look at the horror that you did. How could you kill a Kohen and Navi in the base of Mikdash? And his blood continues to boil, crying out. 
until the Gemara tells us that Vuzardin shechted the, the Sanhedrin and shechted young men and women and shechted little babies until he says to the Dom, what, 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 I have to kill everybody? We turn around and say, Oy, nebuch, nebuch, look at all the terrible people who suffered. But, but do we stop to see where it comes from? Says the Ruach HaKadosh. Oh, come on. Are we going to kill a coin and a Navi? In the base of Mikdash? Yeah. On Yom Kippur that comes out on Shabbos? I mean, I, uh, that's always the problem with these things. You hear about some horrific act from years and years and years ago. Oh, no, we wouldn't do that. Just like everybody says to me, I wouldn't have built the Egel. Just like everybody says to me, uh, you know, I wouldn't have done this. I wouldn't have eaten from the Yisadahs. I wouldn't have done uh, Me, I wouldn't do these things. We wouldn't do terrible things. Kohen and Navi. All right, we'd throw yogurt at the Rashiva Panovich, but that was a kid. You know, not, we wouldn't do that. You know. Okay, we'd slap Steyman in the face. You know, he was in his nineties, but okay, but we wouldn't do that. You know, it's, 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 I mean, it does. You know. We wouldn't throw rocks at Rebel Yashiv in his nineties when he was walking down the street. You know, those were other people. That that wasn't us. We wouldn't do that. We wouldn't beat up a soldier. We wouldn't do something like that. You know? We burn down a house and carry Joel because that's politics. I mean, we wouldn't do that. Right, someone stabbed the Baba Lazar to death, but okay, but he, he probably wasn't well. And and every time we can point out something, we can explain why it's not us. I get asked this question sometimes from people, and I don't really understand the question so well, but people ask me the question. Why did from people die in the Holocaust? Okay, I understand you guys believe in God, you believe in Torah, you believe in all this stuff. You know, but how do you think the from people died? And I said to them, because we practice what you preach. You know that expression, you know how we're really one people? We believe it. And so the Gemara says, when it came to the Chorban, the Tzadikim were the first ones that get killed. Because if something terrible takes place, although it's comfortable to point the finger and say, well, that was a kid, and that was, and that was a crazy person, and that was this, and that was that, but that's our door. Ochen was one guy who stole something from Yericho, and Gans Klaes will suffer a defeat in the next battle. It's easy to wish away all the terrible things, but okay. So, I'm not, I'm not a big enough tzaddik that I wasn't able to protect the Dora like Rav Shrimba Yechai from ever seeing a rainbow, I fall short. But not us. If I want to kill you with a rock, I could take a big boulder and drop it on top of you. Or I could hit you with a hundred thousand pebbles. It's a cumulative effect. But it adds up to many, many boulders. And that's what I think of when I say this kinah. I don't think I don't think we're a rich community. But there are buildings that take some pride in themselves. They pay somebody to come in and wash their floors. The buildings are pigsty. 
thing. And people have to and because that's very important, it's very harsh, and has to take away from that, and there aren't enough parking spaces, so I have to park on the sidewalk. I'm sticking out in traffic, come by, and neither one of them can move. And I tie up a hundred people. But at least that's a little lucky for the girl with the, the, the girl's pushing the carriage, because this way at least she won't get hit by the buses because they can't move. Because she has to walk in the street now because I decided to park on the sidewalk. That's not going to that's not going to bring service on Clyde's so it's a little thing, it's a pebble. I went to Davin someplace Friday night. It's not my usual show, but I used to dive in there a lot. I came in late. I came in late. I came in uh, for Kabbalah Shabbos. There weren't many seats left. There was one right in front of me. But a guy needed that for his hat. So I couldn't sit there. So I stood. Okay, Baruch Hashem. It's not like I'm right after my heart attack and bypass. I'm in a lot better shape than I was. So a guy runs over, Balabas runs over, and says, why don't you sit down? I said, there's no seat. So he says to the guy, he says, could you move your hat so the Rav could sit there? It has a happy ending. He said yes. Hashem, <laughs> don't you love happy endings? Ah, yourself. There are shuls where they're not as nice. There's a shul which is more or less a private kind of a minion. I heard this from a guy. He went to dive in there. And someone said to him, this is really a private shul. You should really find a different place to dive. Sometimes the shul is crowded. A guy slips into a place where he's standing and the guy behind him sighs. You just took away the little bit of space that I had. Why can't you stay home? That's what someone told me when I was... Uh, when I was uh, uh, in Shloshim. Went to Dhamma the Yomit and then somebody else who wanted the Yomit couldn't take it because after all, shouldn't come and Dhamma then. Stay home. Why should you come and Dhamma if you can take away somebody else who wants to Dhamma to the Yomit? Stay home. Don't say Kaddish when you're dead. I just got out from Shiva two days ago. They're little things. My brother-in-law sat Shiv in my house, and then he went to the dining room of the castle. And you know what it is. It's always hard to tell who's part of the minion, who's not, you know? At the end, a couple of people said to him, okay, okay, you got, you got a minion, go ahead. He says, Kaddish, and somebody comes over to him and says, that you just got up from Shiva. Just because you have a black hat, they don't think you just had ten people there, because you didn't. That's beautiful. That's the kind of warmth and love that just inspires me. I heard Mr. Soon just talk about his seven children who died in a fire. He told, he told about an older daughter who had a classmate who didn't get into high school. She went to high school and copied the names of the donors off of the plaques and looked up their numbers and called them and said, could you help my friend get into high school? 
And do we care if a kid has a place to go or doesn't have a place to go? My friend Yitzhi Shapiro is driving in a high note in our neighborhood. And he stops at the crosswalk for a little kid so he can walk across. Okay, it's the law, but also he was a nice guy, you know? Let the kid walk across the crosswalk. The kid, though, was smarter than he was. Very carefully, because the guy zoomed up behind him. Uh, from guy. The crosswalk. Hashem, he didn't kill the kid. So you see, he follows the guy home. He says, you almost killed that kid. And of course, this is a guy who's a Ben Tyra. He's one of us. And Tyra and learning and all those good things. And he always had that mind your own business. It's a pebble. It's only a pebble. And what? We don't talk about everybody? We don't talk about everybody? Oh, you see this guy? He's not having hot luck with his kids. You I know, I know, I know. Trust me, trust me. Is that? Oh, you see that guy? Two of the kids went off the door. Oh, you see Yeah, you know, there's something funny over there. Something funny, yeah. Yeah. yeah you take a look over here and you take a look over there. Mr. Geffen from the hardware store, he told me he saw people stealing from his store. He went on off. <laughs> so he put a camera. And he says, see, some kid. Some kid come over, run into the store, grab something and run away. It's on the video. You know who the kid was. So he went around to the yeshiva, he went around to the chadarm. Said, does anybody know who this kid is? And they finally identified the kid. And they called his father. Boy, did his father yell at him? What are you embarrassing my kid for? He says, your kid just stole from me. Every kid steals. That's our neighbor, by the way. It's a from guy. Kids are cheder, you know. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about shalom. Somebody who's not so from, you know. What I mean? And the guy's waiting online at the gas station, and the car in front of him pulls out, and the guy cuts the whole line, runs up ahead, and gets it. Everybody else is waiting. It's nothing. It's a pebble. How many little actions does it take to equal a big one? Now, hundreds of thousands of from Jews? And the little cruelties that we do every day, little ones, chas for shalom, I'm not thinking about big ones, I'm not chayshid, the, the, the big things I listed over here, anyone's going to go over and, and, and stab somebody or burn down someone's house, I'm not talking about that. It doesn't take one person throwing a piece of garbage on the floor to make a neighborhood disgusting. It takes a lot of people. It doesn't take one word of lush and horror to destroy your people. It takes a lot of them. And everybody knows. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody has a a lot of people to walk past and not say hello to anybody. Fishbuff were not allowed to say hello to somebody. So the one day we have an excuse. 
And when non-from people ask me, how come when I walk to a from neighborhood, nobody will say hello to me? And if I say hello to them, they turn away embarrassed. Little things. They're such little, little things. And hundreds of thousands of people, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, make the chesed. <coughs> Figure out how many acts of cruelty we have to create into a world where it's possible to take a little from boy, drug him, kill him, and chop him up. How does such cruelty... Well, it's really very simple. If you keep throwing garbage on the floor in your house, eventually your house is going to be a pigsty. If you keep polluting your water and your air, eventually you're not going to be able to breathe or drink. It's really a very simple chedron. And if you do little acts of cruelty, little ones, on anybody in this room or anybody who's watching this around the world that they would ever do a big cruelty. But those little cruelties! Tell put out a book, one, one Small World, you know, how one little word, you know, can really make a difference in a positive way. Complaining in my shul. Mazmon Parsha. The guy next to me, he was regular. And he made a mistake. He screams out the correct word in an angry voice and follows up with, like this. I think the guy made three mistakes. And you had to see what it looked like at the end of the you know somebody does this to you one of them said Yashkoyach that's a very long parsha. it's not easy to do and especially to do it so quickly you, you, you did it masterfully it was great what it cost me it didn't cost me nothing it didn't cost me any more than the guy who knew an naked bus driver a chiloni He's driving his bus. This wasn't so long ago. A pregnant woman is standing. There, there, Yeshiva Bachram sitting there. You know, other people sitting, people who are well, have a better shape. And finally the bus driver stops the bus, stands up and says, Hine Gevaret, take my seat. What a condemnation of us as a people. Tishabov is, how could it be? How could it be? How could it be? Eicha! And this is the kinah that gives us an answer. There's only one way to change the world. Could you imagine if every single person who threw down a wrapper from now on, every time they walked down the street, picked up a wrapper and threw it in the garbage? Could you imagine if every time a person who walked past somebody without saying a word gave them a smile and said, Good morning? Hundreds of thousands of times? Chas v'shalom, I, I, I don't mean to, 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 to not be melamed tzchus and klai yisrael. I mean, for every story, I, I just don't want to. Because a tishabah, when we sit on the ground and we say, why are we like this?
That's the question. Why is it like this? Hakadosh Baruch Hu gives us the answer. Things are like this because you're like this. You're better than this. Don't be small and petty. You're not small and petty. You're the greatest people on the face of the earth. You're capable of the greatest greatness. This is not a way to live. This is not the way the world is supposed to be. And when we make the world the way it's supposed to be, then Amir Hashem will, when we become the people who we're supposed to be, we'll see the world the way it's supposed to be.